According to the World Economic Forum, at least 8 million tonnes of plastic enters our ocean each year. Its 2016 report warned that by 2050 there will be more plastic than fish in the ocean unless major action is taken. In today's episode, I've been lucky enough to sit down with the three founders of Cano Water. These guys are living, breathing proof that in business you can do well as well as do good and that you can authentically combine purpose and profit. And I hope you enjoy. Apart from what we've burnt, every piece of plastic ever created is still on this earth in mm -hmm. some way, shape or form. Every single person in the industry laughed down the phone at us and thought, what are these idiots doing? If you'd never known, you'd be like, oh, these guys have been up for a few years probably. Everything was there, just no product. There was a lot of days where I was questioning what I was doing. We're having to build the brand, but the brand yeah. is carrying itself. Humans are actually going into a shop and buying a can of water. I mean, that's mad in itself. <laughs> Everyone has the capability to create positive change. We've decided to create it through a business. So I feel very honoured to have all of you boys here in one, one room. Just want to say as well, we're not just blowing smoke up your ass by having all these cans here. You have been the unofficial sponsor, whether you like it or not, to all of the podcasts that we've, that we've recorded before. Thank you. And um, what's actually really interesting is that the first time we started recording, the first ever episode of P Squared, we messed up because we were going to go to the canteen downstairs and buy them, but it was too late and it closed. So Talia, who's not here, um, she ran out and said, I'm just going to go find some cans. And then literally three minutes later, she came back with can of waters. And I think that's a really nice way to start it because that is pretty incredible. From where you started to where you are now, in central London, you can walk out within two minutes, you can come back with a product that was just an idea in your mind. So it was never like that before. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> and, we'll get, and we'll get there. But just to start, I think just for context, go around very briefly, name, your title, and actually what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Cool. Um, my name's Perry, co-founder, uh, brand director, and day-to-day -day is just dealing with all the creative stuff. I'm Josh. I am the, I'd say, the marketing and sales director yep. with Ariel. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, I deal with a lot of the marketing, a lot of the events, um, sales, spreadsheets, and a lot of boring admin stuff. Nice. Um, Do you find that boring, though? Uh, I find it exciting because it's uh, for my business yeah so it's exciting because I'm seeing how things are working and it's it's all very new to me but yeah sometimes it can be a bit therapeutic but not always <laughs> is, is that a bit weird no no I get it. no yeah. no I, 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 I don't mind it I don't <laughs> mind it but when you see it's kind of like seeing everything come to life a little course. bit. of course it's not like you're just doing data entry for some but it's um, as the business grows more more admin mm -hmm. my name is Ariel co-founder um, deal with sales and distribution Essentially. Many spreadsheets in your life? There is a few, not as many as Josh. Um, I'm, I'm not that good at putting things down. I kind of just run with it. He gives it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you forgot production. Um, production as well. And nice. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper into the actual day-to-day -day stuff. But to start with, you've been trading for what, coming up to four years now? Four just years, over? Yeah. Just over. If you could each sum it up in one sentence, what would you say? Um, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah, journey. I was just going to say gonna roller coaster. Say the exact Without being cliche, yeah. it's there's been a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, okay. um, we've had to weather some storms, which is more than a sentence. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, 
It's a long sentence. It's yes. still a sentence. Is there anything you guys want to add to that? No, I, th I think we all have yeah, roller coasters. It's, it's been very stressful, Up and ups down. and downs, but it's uh, it's an exciting journey. It's definitely an exciting it's journey. It's been fun at the same time. Yeah. That's you know the, down, the downs are worth as well because then the ups are just yeah. that much better as well. And if it feels more rewarding, you know, yeah. when you feel like you've come from a lower point, then it's. Well, you appreciate the ups exactly, yeah. more yeah. because you've been down. So you take it all. So you, so you find positives in the downs. When you're actually in the down, when shit's hitting the fan, do you find positive in that? Because well, you know that you will weather that and come out stronger. Yeah, I think, I think that's where you kind of have to step it up a gear and work hard. And I think we've all kind of been good at doing that and persevering through we've, difficult yeah. times we've all gone out of our comfort zone massively yeah. in this business we've had to do things that we either don't know what to do or don't want to do and we're mm -hmm. not comfortable with doing but we've had to do it um, which has definitely made each and each of us a lot stronger and a lot sort of more um, confident as people yeah. mature mature yeah. nice yeah. so you said you said like a lot of it's going out of your comfort zone did all of you know that you always wanted to eventually run your own business? I think, so before actually Cano Water, <laughs> we had another idea. Yeah. Um, so so this, this trio kind of formed <laughs> beforehand. Wait, just a bit of how long have you been friends for? 10 oh. years, well, me, me, I've me known Perry since I was about 19. You, yeah. It's 18, 19. Yeah. So and Ariel shortly after. Yeah, yeah, probably 10 years. I've known ten Ariel, years. I've, I've known Ariel for a long time. Yeah. We weren't always <laughs> friends, but we no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So okay. So all right. So so did you always know that you wanted to run a business? And what was this idea that you had? And when was it? Um, I don't think we wanted to run a business. I think you know we were just creative and and um, looking for something. Well, yeah. do you know what? Another thing that I think helped it that we all have our kind of individual set of skills yeah. that yeah. just kind of pulled us together to create this. So it wasn't so much a plan. It just it was almost. Of, not obvious, but it just happened organically. If yeah, that makes in sense. order to make this business work, it needed yeah. components. Yeah, it needed design, it needed yeah. marketing, it needed sales. Yeah, and I think that's how it all came together. And and people say to me the whole time, "How did this even happen? Mm -hmm. This brand?" And I think ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people would just turn around and say, "This is just stupid. Yeah. Why?" Well, I mean, they even did. My own family, <laughs> they did. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, why? Even your own family. Yeah. No one, no one really believed in it. Do you know what I mean? And that's the truth. And as I said, 99.99% of people wouldn't have thought it would have worked. But I think us three are individuals that are quite, we, we, we I think we just longed, we wanted more in our lives. Yeah, and, and we just started doing what we were good at individually. Yeah which formed a nice part yeah. of it. But before Can Water, we wanted to set up an electric cigarette company. Electric cigarette. Right? Was that, though? that was probably out of quite a time. It was, it was a 2014. Time. I reckon if we did yeah, that, it was, we would it, have been it, very it was, successful. Yeah, it was, was that uh, prison? What was the prison. concept? What was the concept? <laughs> it, was, it was literally just a, uh, a, a triangle. But the, yeah, the, the, the thing the was a triangle. illuminated like a was highlighter. a triangle. One of those triangle highlighters. We just thought it would look quite cool in a club or in a bar or if someone was smoking it and just saw the triangle illuminate. I don't know how it came about, I can't even remember. Am I going with a bit of a deep question? We've had a debate about this. Do you think that question's deep? <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. I want to hear what we've it is. Deep. We've had deeper. Deep you've got to right, So you may not have always thought you wanted to run your own business, but you may have, you, you have in the back of your mind you want to do something for yourself and that there was always something more. Mm -hmm. So each of you, if you were to meet your 10-year-old self, what would he think of you? 
it's a, it's a funny one for me because I often reflect on my childhood and how every little thing I've done led me to where I am today. Like I really believe that. Organic, you've grown organically, <coughs> just learned with what influences. So from a young, really, really young age, I started skateboarding. And that for me was already a stepping stone to what came next, which then kind of led me, not led me, kind of opened my eyes to graffiti and this kind of yeah. urban scene. And then that then led me into design and graphic design. And it's where it's like each, say, five to 10 years in my life has been a stepping stone, which has brought me here. So mm -hmm. it's funny, you know, I often think like, what if I never picked up a skateboard when I was eight and started skateboarding? You know, I, li I literally think like that. I wonder about it. Based on that, what would your 10-year-old self think of you now? Just go with the flow. Just wherever you are, just like go with it. I guess that's but what, what would he, Not advice, what would he think of you? <clears throat> My 10-year-old self think of me now? I don't know. <laughs> worked out? Worked out. Yeah, worked out. Worked out in the end. Or is working out. <laughs> okay. You got an answer? I think my 10-year-old self would probably be quite proud, to be honest with yeah. you, just because, at, yeah, so, similar to Perry, I was probably going down a, a, a bad-ish route, um, quite creative like Perry, and um, Perry's skateboarding was my music, yeah. um, and I was always into music, and things like that, um, things like that always got me out of trouble, in a way, maybe it got you into trouble. I don't know. <laughs> music, music, out of trouble. <laughs> music as an example, like it, it took me, it took me, like it got me out of trouble in a sense because okay. I, I was DJing and like I was. When did you get into DJing? I was DJing at like 10, 11 years old. Really? Yeah. And I was, just became obsessed with what, it. What, what caused that obsession? What drew just you to music. It? I was just obsessed with music, graffiti, skateboarding as well. Like I was just obsessed with things that were rebellious yeah probably <laughs> i was obsessed with hip-hop yeah obsessed and i just um i've always needed music to take me out of um or as a kid take me out of how i felt and with music it always probably like every kid who loved Eminem, I guess, <laughs> literally. Um, but it, it, it really helped me. And funny enough, now, um, can of water is my thing. You're a skateboarder. I mean, it is. It is. Um, so, what is, I think okay, everyone so how has would it, you, whether it's the gym or. You're talking about like a vice, right? Yeah. So, how would you compare music back in the day to Cano now? What are those similarities in terms of not dependency, but what that brings you? It just it, it brings me sort of happiness, I guess, and yeah. it also I'm um, um, I don't know DJing for me, and it's probably similar to you. It was it's and the same with can of water. It's working towards something. Whenever I worked for someone else, I always felt like I just I was hitting a barrier. Yeah. Whereas working for myself, I've always felt like there's an open book and music. It, it, it was the same. Teaching myself how to DJ. I always wanted to be like the best that I could be. And it's mm -hmm. the same with can of water. I think that that's how us three are so determined and are so sort of fixated on having the best brand and having this, this thing that could be like the biggest. And I think that's how we, we won't stop until we're there. It's kind of like you get out of it what you put in and that's yeah. what's driving you forward because there is literally no ceiling to what you could achieve. 
Yeah. Basically. I'd have to agree with Josh, actually. I think my 10-year-old self would be quite proud that yep. I took risks, that I didn't, you know, do the norm. Mm -hmm. If, for example, my parents had it their way, I'd probably be an estate agent or a lawyer or have gone down something that was quite academic. Yeah. Um, safe. You know, yeah, safe. I, I, you know, when I was 11, I could have gone to a private school. I went to a state school instead. And like Perry said, there's been different... Um, choices in life that mm -hmm. have taken me here mm -hmm. um, so I think yeah my 10 year old self would be proud that we saw an opportunity and, and we ran with it and I think all of us throughout our whole kind of growing up have always taken opportunities mm. it's almost like viewing and living life on your own terms right yeah yeah and, and there's and a not, certain fulfillment that comes with that you know it's yeah. very easy to where we were brought up and where we came from to conform and to have your standard nine to five and let's, you know, um, your let's, let's talk about that a bit. So you, were you a city boy for a while? Yeah. What, were you, what was your rationale into going down that route? Was it pressure from your parents and family or was it kind of in your peer group that was the normal thing to do? Is you go to university, you get a degree, you get into a good grad scheme as a banker or whatever, and then you climb the career ladder. But the issue with that is that you get to that's why people are suffering from quarter life crisis. You get to burnout. You, you get to burnout because you worked your whole life 30. for something. You turn back and you think, what was all of that in aid of? Yeah. Like, what was all of that in aid of? I never wanted to go into the city. So my dream was actually to be a pilot. Nice. Um, and throughout my whole life, that's what I was going to do. There was no question Up about it. Up until what point? Up until the point that I went to Gatwick for my medical and they told me I was colorblind and I could never be a pilot. So that when was, was that? like... So I was never very academic and the only reason I stayed in school was to go to university and train to become a pilot. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's like 150 grand yeah. of training. So at 16, 17, sorry, I went to Gatwick to do this medical. I was gonna go to the University of Bucks in Buckinghamshire somewhere and do commercial airline studies with pilot studies or something. Went to Gatwick and they were like, they put me on this machine, which was just mental, because you know the books that you get where it's like yeah. the, um, the dots and the numbers in there? Yeah. I couldn't see it past the first page. Put me on this massive machine with all pixels and different colors floating around, I failed that. And they said, you know, really sorry, but you're never gonna be a pilot. And at that point, I was like, okay, well, what am I gonna do? Because up until now, that's all I'd ever wanted to do and wanted to know. Mm -hmm. So. How did you process that at 16 within such a short amount of time, just having your whole dreams just crushed like that? Oh, it was horrible. I mean, it, it, there was a couple of weeks where I was depressed and just I didn't know what I was going to do. I had an interest in psychology, <laughs> but I didn't really do that well in psychology at school. Mm -hmm. um, and then one of my friends offered me a job in the city with the company that he was working at 16. for. Yeah, at 16, going so on So you 17. just decided against And no I thought, you know what, no if I'm not going to be able to fulfill my dream of being a pilot, why don't I look into something that I could make you know, a load of money in or do something that financially will substitute, I guess, the um, enjoying what you yep. do. So I went into the city. How long did that last for? <laughs> um, well, it lasted until Water came around, really. Yeah. Um, but that was an FX broking job, which was basically making 300 cold calls a day and expecting people to, to trade with you, to do their currency transactions. Of those 300 people, you probably got two or three who were ever interested, yep. and the others literally swore at you down the phone. Um, but that was a really good foundation to being quite resilient in business, mm -hmm. because working with your friends, working in a market that people thought you were 
kind of cowboys and they didn't yep. even want to deal with you anyway um, set me up to be able to really get on the phones and, and speak to people. As you said, go out of that comfort zone, right? Yeah, and then I went into <laughs> recruitment, which I was actually really interested in because it was an interesting subject. It was uh, high-frequency trading, okay. which was quite high level. The money was really good and, and could have been you know, really good, and the people were interesting as so well. So was that what was driving you forward throughout all of those early stage career decisions? Was it more financial or was there more? It was more financial, but I think as a person, I just like to do things mm -hmm. and get from A to B and whatever B is, um, whether it's money, whether it's doing a deal, whether it's, you know, being the best in your company at X. So you like the end goal. I like, the I like goal. the chase to get there how do you, and the end goal. How do you caveat that in a situation like Cano, especially in the early days, when B, like the where you're trying to go, is almost so distant that everyone's knocking you down and almost sometimes it's not that clear. Because there was always a goal, whether it was, all right, let's secure manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Fine, cool people. Who does this, that, and the other? All right, we found that. Then it was, how are we going to get into anywhere? Fine, stockist. All right, who are we going to speak to? Is it going to be Selfridges? Is it going to be Harrods? All right, let's put a nice email together and speak to those guys. Yep. Investment, again, similar kind of story. Trying to get to the right destination. And I think... With Cano Water, it was just, you couldn't ever stop. Mm -hmm. You just had to keep going forward. Um, and, and the final destination is still unknown, mm -hmm. yeah. but we still go forward. <laughs> to take day. solace in that, do you like the fact that the final destination is a bit unknown? Is that motivating you? Yeah, I mean, I listen, there's, there's obviously, there's an end goal. Yeah. We don't know what the end goal is, um, but I mean, you look at other companies and there have been end goals, but mm -hmm. for us, it's just about um, getting the next thing, you know? Every day you win some, every day you lose some. But it's, it's that creation, I think. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter what you're creating, but there's an element of creation, whether you're creating a deal, whether you're creating a cool marketing campaign, whether you're creating uh, something visually. And ownership that comes with and, the creation And the as well, fact that is... you have built something. Yeah. Well, I think we're all, all three of us are quite creative as well, so yeah. it's always coming up with you know new ideas, even if it's small bolt-ons or mm -hmm. marketing ideas and stuff like that. So there's always like a million more things that we could be doing that we yeah. want to yeah. be doing. So it's yeah. like, it's never, it's infinite. Yeah, we, it's never yeah. enough, which yeah. is also, I guess, quite dangerous. Blessing and a curse. <laughs> yes. But you've got, would you say Dean? Shout yeah. out Dean. Shout yeah, out Dean. Dean. Um, Man when, he came <laughs> when he came in, do you feel like he was almost the adult in the organisation that reigned you in? Yeah, from a, from a from a back end yeah. sort of um, coming from a back end side of thing, I'd say yeah. Yeah, definitely. from a, a previous business that I had, um, that was and could have been the most incredible business. I mean, you knew back then, yeah. high frequency. I mean, a company that was trading a lot, of, could, was making a lot of money. Yeah, um, and that was. I mean, we. I sort of look back and I sort of feel like it's a bit like the social, the Facebook movie. I mean, we had this office, we were eight, we were like 19 years old and we were like, we were making like serious money. Like kids, we were, kids running a startup. Yeah, but we, were, we, were, we, we made no money because we were just spending it all and we had no idea of how to actually rein it in. Um, we have no finance background. So we, I always knew that with this company and I always got scared because none of us have finance backgrounds. So important. And the most important piece of the puzzle really is a, is a good CFO mm -hmm. yeah, I th who I really think knows. Dean came at the right time yeah. after we'd built the foundations of the business <laughs> yeah. to then allow us to continue with what we're good at 
but making sure that behind the scenes and also kind of in, in front of the camera as well, we weren't really fucking things up, yeah. which is important Fair. because... Yeah. Is that comfort blanket, knowing you can do your own thing and face <laughs> your strengths, knowing that someone's in there definitely. plugging your weaknesses? De definitely, Dean's just sure. very fair very and understands us as individuals dean's biggest strength is like he knows ariel he knows me he knows perry he's very good at understanding each one of us and um we have our own strengths nice when was it how long ago was it when i came to meet you when you first showed me the cans this was this is before we had launched a product we needed a website so we met with oh, your right. mate. Yeah. Um, and Another shout out to Scott Krieger. Yeah, Scott Krieger. And uh, met with you. You were too expensive <coughs> then. <laughs> um, we had no idea what we were doing at this point. Um, we were getting things off of Fiverr.com, which was just a platform where you just pay some random guy yeah. in the middle of nowhere to do anything for you because we <laughs> didn't have the budget and we didn't have the resource. What jobs What jobs were you getting people on Fiverr to do and what jobs I mean, were you We wanted like, like um, animation, animation. animation. We wanted there. to show people how to use the lid. I mean, you've got to remember, we, we, we've got a product that no one's ever seen, mm -hmm. no one can imagine. No one No one understands. could really work it so out. So before the I met you, either. you had these resealable lids on yeah. the cans. Yeah. So what, just go a little bit back to get up to that point of when I came to meet you with and you showed me these cans. So we, what, what happened? We you? basically, obviously, came together, came up with the idea, and um, one of the biggest roadblocks was can't reseal the can. Mm -hmm. We always thought that if you're going to have something that's comparable to a bottle of water, it needs to be resealable. Otherwise, why is someone going to buy it over a plastic bottle of water that's you know and convenient? And convenient. I mean, exactly. You look at MySpace and Facebook. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, it just wiped it out because MySpace you had to put in like HTML and code, and then Facebook comes along, and it's literally just a hundred million times user more user friendly. Mm -hmm. And um, I think our worry at the time was is who's going to buy this product if it's not resealable? Yeah. Yeah. Although our lid wasn't very user friendly at the beginning. No. Um, and actually a lot of people buy really Yeah, we, <laughs> we, yeah. Gonna tell you a story. So we, we found it on, on Google, actually. <laughs> what this? Yeah, found it the on Google. What did you type in? The Cumberland Resealable Search. Can. Resealable lid. <laughs> uh, it you found it, it, yeah, it was yeah. like page 10 of Google. We literally were deep diving into it. Well, you went into the graveyard. Yeah, and we spoke <laughs> to those guys and, and they were very receptive. You know, one of the guys there who's not there anymore at the time, I think was very entrepreneurial, yeah. understood what we were trying to do and was a bit of a risk taker. And thought, you know what? Let's um, let's give these guys a go. But we, uh, um, when <laughs> we're looking to raise money, we went to a Virgin startup group that yeah. we applied for. And we Ariel, had we had so we bought five hundred oh, silver cans with lemongrass sparkling something. How much did that it. cost you? Probably about five hundred well, euros or something. We, I think just just to give a bit more context. So we didn't we hadn't yet raised money enough money to actually produce these to even get prototypes. You Josh know, was hundred, funding it with it was, his DJ money. Yeah, <laughs> I mean at this point was there was a, rich a, few, a few thousand shower, pounds. Shower event. A few thousand <laughs> pounds had gone into uh, trademarking, printing out some brochures <laughs> and leaflets, just making it look as good as we can, but we still didn't have a physical can. So we couldn't get them. We got like a half a pallet, what was it, a few hundred cans yeah, of just, just, just non-branded silver cans with yeah. a resealable lid and inside was lemongrass juice and we literally masked the top and the bottom of the can, spray painted it white and put a sticker around it and that was our prototype. We had like a, conveyor, we had. like a conveyor belt, like Ariel would put like sellotape on the tip, Perry would pay it, <laughs> I would wrap it and 
There you go. There yeah, Perry, Perry was great at wrapping it without yeah. there being a bubble. A bubble. Yeah. 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 He, he oh, had it. it. And where the, um, the labels <laughs> Josh would call perfectly. me up. Josh would call me up and be like, need you. <laughs> just come round <laughs> to his kitchen and yeah. just sit there. We had like my whole house lot of spray paint. Um, <laughs> no, there's spray paint all everywhere, over your floor. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we've damaged so many things, uh, so many of my things over the years. Um, <laughs> like, literally, we have. But the reason we couldn't... Um, the maddest thing about this whole story is the manufacturers told us that we could only produce... We, we, to produce cans, you have to produce 150,000 of, of each. each. So you have to produce 150,000, you have to produce 300,000. So we couldn't even taste water in a can, ever. <laughs> we didn't taste water in a can until, until we that produced 300,000. came off the line. <laughs> OK, so how long was that, was a gap of when you first got that water? Like six months, probably. Six months. Six well, yeah, months. so... so we tried to raise some money. We went to Virgin Startup. Um, we had our spray-painted can with the first-generation lid. We were like, here, look, here's our resealable can. We're showing everyone in the room. I went like this, and the like whole that. thing started <laughs> gushing <laughs> out, right? Everyone's laughing So I'm there. Us. I've got, like, like, highly embarrassed. I've called. I've gone out. I've gone... What Oliver, the what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I've just been in this Virgin thing. This lid is leaking. You've told me it wouldn't, blah, blah, blah. We didn't get funding from Virgin, um, obviously. We could, we could have, but we actually... Yeah, we, well, I think we I were, think we changed we were too intent on yeah. actually finding someone to buy the product first. So what we did um, is, with these spray-painted cans, we built, Perry built a really nice brochure. We did all the wording for it. It was more or less... Like a business plan and a strategy, but we basically down created a, a brand yeah. before it was a brand. We jumped, we jumped ahead <laughs> and literally made a brand. Like if you'd never known, you'd be like, "Oh, these guys have been up for a few years, probably." Yeah. There's a website, there's contact, there's emails, there's everything was there, just no product <laughs> and no stockists. <laughs> yeah. So we sent this lovely-looking deck to Selfridges. Um, well, actually, one of Josh's friends who knew what we were doing at the time somehow stumbled upon Selfridges had this scheme called Meet the Makers, yeah. where it was like artisan brands could go in and pitch their brands to um, the, the buyers there. We weren't successful in that scheme, but the buyer got in touch with us and said, we've got something called Project Ocean, which is where we're removing all single-use plastic bottles from our offering. Mm -hmm. We love the idea of your product because we haven't seen a canned water before. Um, and it could fit, you know, the, the shelf really nicely. And that was when your first order of 150,000 came through? No. No? No. <laughs> no. So how did you fulfill how did you He told that? us we were going to have an order for 150,000. We went in there, Josh and I, had a meeting with this guy. How did you, wait, wait, how did you feel going into that meeting? <laughs> I mean, it was... And was how, it, long, how long of a time it, was it, this it was, when you it started? Was, it was scary. It was probably about six... It was probably about six seven... Eight months, yeah, six yeah. to eight months. And it was, it was scary because obviously... No, that was, that was in the first couple of months. That we, oh yeah, that was like we met with. That was like May. Yeah, we met with. That must have been pretty crazy. November. That was May. We went in. We were a little bit nervous. Um, you know, Josh and I have both been in relative businesses, so we'd had meetings with people, yeah. so we, we could kind of stick up for ourselves. <laughs> and we were like, our minimum quantity is one hundred fifty thousand. He was like, I love it. Great. <laughs> I'll give you an <laughs> order for but it. But the truth is, everyone that we had told beforehand thought it was a stupid idea. So I think that we just thought we we're walking into this thing. It's great that we've got to meet with Selfridges, but I don't think that we were that optimistic. We just were excited, but very nervous. And as soon as he turned around and said, oh, yeah, that's fine. I think that Ariel and I were just fucking blown away. And I'm like touching Ariel's <laughs> leg like this, like what the fuck is going on? And um, we left that meeting and we, we literally, 
did a lap of Oxford Street. We walked like, around for, for the about next two, two hours, hours, just being like, "Oh my god!" We didn't even talk to each other. How do we do this? Like, we were so pumped <laughs> that we got this, but it was now right. We actually have to make this, and how are we going to make three hundred thousand cans um, without a, a, a constructed order? It wasn't yeah. like you know, it was just kind of sentiment. <laughs> we said, "Yeah, we'll take it." We knew we need. Obviously, we knew we needed funding. We needed circa probably a hundred grand, or even we need fifty just to yeah, we didn't yeah. even know just that. to. Do you know what I mean? Produce the cans. So, all right. So, this is obviously a big part of your business and your lives, this very stage when you're figuring out what the hell are we doing now. Were you all full-time in the business then? No. No, no. there wasn't what even a doing? business at this we point. Were all, at this point, we were all had jobs. I was in events and I was obviously DJing every weekend. Mm -hmm. I was in recruitment at the time. And I was, I guess, <laughs> fashion design. And Josh was leaving his office to make calls. I was going into a meeting room to make calls. I mean, my boss at the time, literally, like, I brought in this prototype and she looked at me and was like, what's that? I was like, oh, no, no, nothing. No, this is good. <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with, with anything. She was like, oh, it's definitely something to do with you creating something outside of this office. Um, but that's part of the, it's part of what, it, what, what it's about. Obviously, at this point, we were trying to create something but didn't know whether we didn't know whether it had legs and when we got when when selfridges <coughs> obviously said let's go ahead yep. that's when i think that we were all like oh shit this is this is real so, so at this at this point we already <laughs> had we'd figured out what we needed right and it was just a case of raising money and that's yeah. a funny story and how you know that the, came the funniest about. thing about the raising money side is that raising money is really 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 hard mm -hmm. but the way that it happened was it, 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 this whole business has been strange, to be honest with you. <laughs> Everything has just fit into place. And basically what happened... Did it fit into place or did you make it fit into well, place? No, you made it I fit think you place. make your own luck. Right? <laughs> yeah, you You've got to work hard to be in the right place at the right 100%. time. It definitely. But everything that we did, we put in the effort, we spoke to the right people. Um, at the beginning, was relatively seamless to get the product out there. Mm -hmm. Josh used to send emails from Cano Water about his DJing jobs, which used oh no, to he did. No, accidentally. I didn't. I, I, I basically my phone defaulted. All we had is a little signature that basically just had our website and the name. And I sent a, someone sent me a DJ email, and um, I replied, and my phone defaulted the signature. These two went absolutely minted at me, and I got an email back being so, like, I need to speak to you right now. I need to speak to you right now from this guy. And um, I basically called him, and we spoke, and met with him, showed him the brochure, because he had showed some interest, and he, his past life, were, he was an investment banker. So he turned around and he said, listen, this looks absolutely phenomenal. You need to come and meet a few people I know. And... Um, Raise you some money. Raise you some money. All right. So at this point, it, everything was kind of on the up. We were building more momentum. Optimistic. You're building we momentum. Getting but before excited. that, you went through a hell of a lot of no's, even from your family. I mean, yeah. I mean, how listen, did that? How did that impact your drive? I did, it didn't. That's the truth. Didn't. No, because I think that, because fuck it. I think we I, love. I, 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 I wanted this to work. Perry wanted this to work. And do you know what? The truth is, if I was by myself, I'll be honest with you. This the can of water. Each and well, each of us, it wouldn't have worked because we probably would have been like, oh, "What are we doing?" I think here's the other thing as well. Yeah. Sorry, just to because there's another important part that we saw something that a lot of people hadn't yet, which came a couple years after when everyone started clocking onto this. You know why we're actually doing this? Because at this point in 2015, 
we figured out that this was a solution to a problem and no one else had really caught on to that yet. So it, everyone was just going, As in no what? one caught on to the fact that was the a problem. Yeah, no one caught all, I would get, all I would get from people whenever we'd speak about it was like, but what's wrong with plastic bottles? Yeah, really. That was it. That was everyone's natural response. So, so how, why? Did you, how did we just figure out? We just figure out. Well, well, Ariel had gone to Thailand. He had seen how bad the plastic was. So mm -hmm. I just, I, yeah, and simply we, just and we saw on the beaches of, in Thailand yeah. and in some of the remote islands there, there was just plastic bottles everywhere. Yeah. And, how and, did, and research, we, we, we we've just, been we've yeah. researched so much into this that we had now all the credentials on aluminium, plastic. We we just really educated ourselves ahead of you know the media educating the, the public. Mm. We already did all that research. We already knew so. By the time the news started putting out all these facts and figures, we already knew all that like yeah. a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Like we really just kind of stumbled onto it researched it and just became obsessed with it. And you know it. the thing as well? The fact that no one else really in the world was doing it like this. You felt like kind of like pirates. Excited me and excited all of us Well, we knew it. We, we, we <laughs> believed that we had the best thing since sliced bread, honestly. When Josh <laughs> sent that email from his can of water email, the reason we went mad is because we didn't want anyone to know what we were doing. We were so scared that someone's going to copy us or do something, um, you know, to... to to jeopardize, to it. jeopardize yeah, that's it. That's the thing, and I think I think this as well. You need, if you're starting something like this, and you're actually looking to trigger real change in the yeah. world, you need to have a delusional amount of self-confidence and passion, so that that counteracts all of the no's, so that it doesn't even enter your system. I mean, we say and it that's all the time. That's more than ours, confidence. If, if as well. we knew what we were getting into, the truth is, we probably wouldn't have done it because of of how Difficult hard it was. And looking at it rationally, but. but the truth is, is oh, you've got that. We were, we were naive, yeah. And it, it was a good thing. How was that? that was okay, all thing. right. So I love I love this kind of topic. How do you think naivety has played a part in your success, Huge. or Completely. not overall Everything. success? Just getting to the point of people. We used to call up people, and they would just laugh down the phone at us because the water market in forget about the world. The water market in the UK is. It's impossible to, I mean, people were saying it's impossible to penetrate. You're not going to get any market share. It's never going to work. You're never going to do this. And the truth is, is that the naivety got us through that. It's just like, yeah, well, do you know yeah. another okay. thing? All right, thanks for your input. I think another thing a lot of people do if they um, start something, whether it's a brand, a concept, business, whatever it is, they go out and they promote <coughs> that. And one thing that we were really careful about, and I feel like such a horrible person I was because I honestly used to be on top of these guys like, <laughs> don't do anything. Even after we'd launched, we were so careful for the first year to not self-promote because it was so kind of foreign to a lot of people. Agree? That I, do you still agree that in, that was the right thing to do? In a I sense, correct me if I'm wrong, I kind of think it was. I think that time, helped our confidence. I think it was because it gave us that cool factor that no one knew who was behind it. Is it a big drinks mm -hmm. company? Is it a couple of guys? Yeah, people I think that was almost like a, self, a safety yes. net. Well. Yes, yes, yeah, completely. From yeah. a confidence point of view. I think it was saving yeah. face. You also, know? especially in our where we're from, or even like, it, it, it can look, because obviously a business, if you start as like three friends, mm -hmm. it starts really in your social crowds. In your community. In your community. So I think a lot of people were like, if they saw it was just us, I think they just would have been like, oh, it's just, it's just, these three guys. These three guys. They're never going to get anywhere. It's just... easy to pick on, right? It's <laughs> yeah. easy to, to, to and downplay And we didn't want people to know that we were just three young guys. We wanted people to, yeah, think that we were bigger because, let's be honest, people weren't people weren't taking us seriously anyway. But if they thought that we were bigger, then they might have. Or someone who not knew what they were doing, but <laughs> mm -hmm. had a previous background in FMCG or understood the market.
yeah. um, but we didn't. And I think that naivety allowed us to make decisions that otherwise, if we were backed by someone bigger or we, you know, our investors <laughs> have been fantastic to us and they let us get on with it, um, we could have done things that wouldn't have been what we truly believed and were organic. And I think that authenticity is what's really helped us. Yeah, yes. and I think that's what bad habits, isn't it? I yeah. think that's what put the brand yeah. in front and let the brand do the work yeah. and not yeah. kind of like, well, well, oh, the yeah. people. But what do you mean by that, make the brand do the work? Um, well, aesthetic, so that story. So that people don't see three guys <laughs> talking about a brand. But they just see the brand and they buy into the brand. Bigger than you. Yeah, yeah, bigger than us, exactly. I mean, from day one, people... It was bigger than us, though. No, it was I mean, it still isn't really. What? <laughs> right, it's still us, kind of... No, the, brand, the like, brand's much bigger than us now okay, as individuals. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But okay, back sorry. then, it was... It, I mean, we now, the brand is carrying... It's, it's, it, we're, we're having to build the brand, but the brand yeah. is carrying itself. People are actually humans are actually going into a shop and fucking buying a can of water. I mean, that's mad in itself. <laughs> that would never have happened. That's happening without us. Yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. Whereas before, we were ask, I had to, I'd have to ask my friends to go and buy it from Selfridges <laughs> just to make the buyer happy. So how does that, okay, how does that, all of you, so how does that make you feel knowing that before you had a product out there, you had to ask people to buy it? Now... You're at a stage where I obviously started this by saying we walked out two minutes down the road, we got a canoe. You're now getting a shit ton of DMs and shout out stories on your Instagram with people taking pictures. How does that make you feel that you started with an idea and now it's being carried through the waves of society through per other people? Personally, I don't know if I speak for all of us, but because we're so close for it, it's almost hard to take a step back and reflect. Yeah. Just thinking, do you think that's important to take a step back and appreciate it though? I think sometimes, but I think you can also get lost in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're drowning in it. And, and we don't feel like you we're have there to stay yet. really humble in this, yeah. type of, in this type of thing. But the truth is, this company, well, I, I can only speak for Cano Water, but, and I'm sure it's the same with other companies, this business has gone, is, is going at a thousand miles per hour. And we are working so hard to reach KPIs mm -hmm. that we don't ever have a minute to think. The truth is, when I sleep, I'm thinking about... Well, I'm not sleeping. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 that doesn't make sense. No, I'm dreaming about it. We're I'm dreaming about what's next. It's I'm not thinking different. about the journey, and that's the thing. Honestly, I've had times when I've just... And this is, this is, this is the truth. I've had times when I've actually just sat down and thought about the journey. And I just... I honestly, I feel like breaking down into it tears. It must be quite emotional. Because it's... It really it's, must You be. don't get a minute to think about the journey. I, it's yeah. weird for me. But do you talk about me, that in a... Sorry, go on. Well, well, sorry, to answer your question, do we talk about... I mean, it, behind <coughs> the scenes, it's not what it might look like. Like, you talk about walking down the road and picking up a can of water or walking past someone and someone's drinking it. Personally, you don't think about that in a day. You're so busy... <coughs> Doing more I think it's important to share wins with the team mm -hmm. and we're always sending things that we've seen someone yeah. sent us this yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do that every we're day. on this channel or this <laughs> and that and and these are the things that keep us going but you can get very distracted by celebrating your successes constantly and it comes in egocentric exactly. so do you yeah. think between you three is almost like an unsaid thing in the air that you are going through this journey together as mates, you are seeing such success. Yeah, of course. That you almost don't need to almost talk about it and address it because it's, you're all sharing the same thing. I don't know, it's also kind of a blur because sometimes it feels like, oh my God, I don't, can't think back to a time before can of water. Yeah. And then some days it also feels like it, it, it's been five minutes. I don't know, yeah. it's such a blur. It's weird. It's such a blur. And I'll be out and I'll be speaking to someone and 
they'll be like, oh, what do you do? We're just having like a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, oh, I own like a water brand. And I, I, I try, I do try to be really humble with it. I don't like to, we're all very similar. We don't really talk too much about it. Yep. And, um, like unless it's going to benefit the brand yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or unless i'm the same unless someone actually cares well, about yeah. asking more questions someone will ask me what i what what, what brand it is and i'll say can of water and i'll be like oh i own this thing it's a water in a can and 99 percent of the time people will be like what can of water and it, you don't it's, it's in situations like that when you sort of think to yourself oh shit like it's actually a thing it's actually a thing but that's nice but I apart agree from with that like we don't we don't we don't really i guess yeah we don't really it hasn't hit it definitely hasn't hit yeah. us and the truth is it probably won't ever hit us until we reach this end goal one day because we're constantly thinking about the new thing and, and one thing i've got, I've got to sort of say is can of water is is uh, the truth is is us three mm. in the sense of we are not going out of our um out of ourselves to do what we do for this brand what I said about before about the comfort zone thing that's completely different that's different things we are just doing what we know as us as yeah. individuals what Perry we want to buy you know and I mean? that's, I quite, I that's quite liberating exactly. in a way yeah. I would, I'm the type of person that would buy a can of water yeah. therefore and I'm the, I know who to market this to Ariel knows who, or well, both of us, we know who to sell this to. Perry knows from a design point of view what people want to see aesthetically. Well, in a way, in a way we, could, we do it for ourselves, yeah. And I guess yeah. that's why it is quite, itch, it's right? quite <laughs> unconventional to other water, or some, some water brands. But yeah, I guess it's just a reflection of, of our own influences and yeah. what we like and what we want to do. <laughs> and yeah, just doing it, not for ourselves, obviously, but just doing, but doing what, what we're we passionate believe, about. Yeah. And what we think will work. You know, I feel we, like we, we always did. We always want to say, "I love holding our product." It's like a producer making music, yeah. or or someone like creating clothes mm. and just wearing. They're the only people who are wearing their their <laughs> yeah. clothes. The sign you're proud of, basically. We're, we're, yeah. We're, yeah, we're proud of I it. I mean, besides solving the it's problem, it's two sides of it. You're solving the. You're, yeah. You've got a business which is solving a huge issue. It's tangible, and you're seeing it. But also the other side of it, which I'd argue is almost more important, is the fact that you are waking up every day doing what you want to be doing, living life on your own terms, yeah. and there and seeing the success of that materialise yeah. in real time. And the time. best thing is, we're putting something out there that, that has a purpose, and is changing the way people do something, and the way people are doing something, and have been doing something, is 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 not the right thing. Okay, That's so the truth. did you launch Cano as a means to solve a global issue, or did you always want to start your own thing, and the fact that you could solve a global issue was the cherry <laughs> and icing on top of the cake? I think it came as a hybrid. Yeah. I think very early on in the journey we understood fundamentally why this is better than a plastic <coughs> bottle mm -hmm. and we started talking about that to people mm -hmm. but at the same time with perry's vision really and you know josh and i's vision uh, as well we created something that we really love but wait um, just to, just quickly do you mean did we s want to start a business together or did this just kind of happen and brought us together? I'm talking more about the. I don't think we thought. I don't think we. we it, there was a hundred percent purpose mm -hmm. when we launched it. I don't think we thought that we was going to solve a global issue. I think that. When did that click? I, I don't. I don't think that. Researching. No, yeah. No. 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 I'm. I'm saying it from the point of view that everyone wants to solve a global issue. I don't think that we thought that it would be as big as it was, as it is now. I don't think we thought that we would be in multiple retailers across the country. I don't think that we would be in every single head office well, in, we hope in we London. Would. We hope that we yeah. would, but, but 
where we where, where we are, I don't think that we realised that. I think that a lot of people just we didn't realise how big it could yeah, be. Yeah, we didn't realise how big it could be. Are you talking about the problem? <laughs> well, the, the, brand, the problem, the brand, people's reception the to the problem, and the brand itself. You know, we we only. Um, it's funny because we were. You know, at the very beginning, we were like, oh, my God, imagine if we sell a million cans. You know, now that's like... <laughs> Ariel said he'd get a tattoo. Now that's like a two-week... <laughs> Where's your tattoo? That's like a two-week occurrence. He'd be covered. He'd be covered. Every second, a million cans. <laughs> but but these, are, covered. Th these are, you know, and, and we aspire to create something that had a purpose. Mm -hmm. We didn't ever want to put something out into the market so that wasn't... Back then, how would you have defined purpose? Back then. Well, purpose purpose was a better alternative. Yeah, the whole the whole it, we always had a better alternative. In we always use this um, analogy. Yeah, you've got BlackBerry, you've got iPhone. Okay, mm -hmm. everyone had a BlackBerry. You had a BlackBerry. Everyone had a BlackBerry. And um, one day your other mate got an iPhone, and you turned around to me like, "Why the fuck have you got an iPhone? Why, why, why? why? Everyone's got a BlackBerry. I'm not changing. I, I'm not. I've got BBM. I'm yeah. not getting rid of my BBM." And then more and more people started to make the switch to iPhone. And then the peer pressure thing comes back and you went to iPhone. And after a month of iPhone, you look back and was like, what well, the fuck did I have a BlackBerry? You get to a point of critical mass, don't exactly. you? Exactly. And Black, uh, iPhone, it had, a, it had more of a purpose than BlackBerry. It was a lot easier to use. It was different. It had aesthetic. And I think that with, with, with can of water, it's, it's, it's very, very, very similar. We don't need plastic bottles. Plastic bottles are... Um, not infinitely recyclable. They're polluting the planet. We know it. We see it. We see it every day. It's a global issue, and I think that we just wanted to start something that maybe not only looked amazing because that's going to be a big thing. Because yep. if you're going to go from what you're used to to something different, it's got to look good and it's got to have purpose. Yep. So it had both things, but I just don't think that we thought that it would grow as quick as it has organically. Organically, well. organically. because the truth is. And if we go to the doom and gloom, we spent two and a half years calling up hundreds of people and every single person in the industry laughed down the phone at us and thought, what are these idiots doing? That's, that's, the, that's the truth. And what are your they thoughts now thinking it? about all those people who said no? Well, they're all our customers Yeah, now. they're all our customers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, we always and how have does that? Thing. Okay, how does that make you feel then? Um, it makes us feel good. that we persevered. Yeah. And I think when you inherently believe in something, and when you believe that you've got something that will do good, be good, that people will resonate with, you know, there's that there's that picture of that guy chipping away at the um, the, rocks. At the rocks, and there's gold behind it, you know, <laughs> and he stopped just before the last chip, yeah. and he hasn't struck gold. Um, when you're passionate about something, and when you believe that you've you've got it, then I think you need to go for it. Yeah, um, And don't stop until you get to that point where you know what you realise actually it's it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I think, personally, if we didn't see the increase in business and volume and the sentiment towards plastic that we'd seen over the last 18 months, we'd still be doing this, I yeah. think. We might be doubting ourselves a little bit now and thinking, you know what, guys, it's been four years, we're banging the same drum, what's going on? Which we did as yeah. well. There was a lot of doubt in the first but, year and a half. Um, you know, we, we believed in it so much. Purpose, and, and purpose really, I, I, I purpose drove us really, because mm -hmm. we were saying to people, the plastic, the plastic, the plastic, and people were like, mm. and, and that, that, I would say that that was a big driving force for But the other thing us. as well, we also, we, we always kind of believed in this as well, um, and as hard as it was at the start, and it was doubt, not so much in this, but doubting whether we can do this in time, you know, before running our funds, or just managing to actually go over the line, but, 
We were also worried that if we didn't, someone else would. I remember that would always be a conversation. Like, if we don't make this work, <laughs> someone else just will. Like, we, we were hell-bent on this. And that this idea must be painful. The oh, number, it was. Yeah, it was the so number painful. one comment on our social <laughs> media for the first two years was, oh, I came up with that 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> ideas are cheap, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that what I was thinking so about when you, were, when you were paranoid about sharing your idea or your the concepts that people could steal it. <laughs> the thing I always think about is that, yeah, people could steal your idea, but they're not going to do it better than you. No. If you've got the passion, sorry to yeah. do a name drop, the passion, the purpose that we've just yeah. been talking about for your concept, and you are delusional to the point where you need to bring this to life, yeah. no one is going to even come close but to it. authenticity yeah. is everything. It's so what everything. Does, what does authenticity in business, in life, whatever, mean to each of you? I mean, I mean, personally, for me, you've got innovators and I always say you've got innovators and copycats and the innovators are the, the, the authentic ones they're mm. the people that come up with the ideas they're the people that come up with new ideas they don't copy anyone you can take inspiration but you're just constantly coming up with new ideas and then they're the ones that suffer the pain yeah as well. do you know what I mean yeah. they're the ones that do all the groundwork and then you've got the copycats that come in and might do the same thing as you but the truth is they will never ever beat you because the truth is you're all you're they're constantly having yeah. to copy other people well it's like opening a door right <laughs> we open the door now it's open, right? Yeah. Everyone can walk through it. I mean, f for me, authenticity is buying something that you create, is, is wanting mm. to create something, sorry, that you would buy. I wouldn't ever, and I'm sure it goes for you to want to put something out into the market that we didn't believe in, mm -hmm. that we didn't associate ourselves with, and that we didn't think was, you know, doing good. Yeah. I think nowadays, because purpose <laughs> was such a big thing for us, everything we do, there has to be an end goal. There has to be a reason why we're doing that. And I think, yeah, that's, that's where authenticity really comes into it. Cool. And then, um, have you had a chance? I completely forgot. I agree, with, I agree with both, both points, yeah. Doing, doing something that we, we are customer of as well. You know, it's making something that you want to buy at yeah. the same time as well. And yeah, and just not, not, not copying something. Not conforming. Yeah, yeah. So back on your point of innovators, obviously three innovators here. What particular skills <coughs> did you have that made you innovators compared to what skills did you have to learn? Uh, the, the, thing, the things that we had to learn aren't our innovating skills, if you're my honest opinion. Yeah. We, I think that yeah. I hate, do you know, I hate the word, I hate the word entrepreneur, I hate the yeah, word yeah, yeah. innovator yeah, yeah. because like it, it sounds like you're gloating, it's nothing like that. I think that you, it, it's just, you are that person. Yeah. Well, I think it's also we, we <laughs> make up like I think as a trio we kind of complement each other's skills yeah. you know we we make so up what is it? so what is we, we had those skills already so you know you could say that my skill was getting on the phone and talking to people mm -hmm. Josh's skill making was coming up with ideas and also making things happen as well behind the scenes in the early days mm. Perry's skill was the branding the creative direction yeah what we learned along <laughs> the way was just kind of bolt-ons to those skills yeah. that were necessary mm within the business. Yeah. So you know, it was knowing it was about margins when you're talking to someone <laughs> on the phone. So it's kind of skills that you all individually thrive yeah. on and love doing, but, but you had a, an opportunity to let that thrive. Yeah. And but flourish. growing up, none of us, like the, the truth is, is that I was at school and I was an academic. And the truth is I always, I thought that was a, like, that was a skill and I didn't have that. And I was always sort of very resentful mm -hmm. about that. but. Everyone has their own sort of set of skills, and I think we're still learning about ourselves. But the truth is, is that our 
innovativeness is is ingrained in all of us and it comes out it's like a like a fucking superhero it comes out at most when we're together but why but i don't know why because we because we <laughs> because came we, bounce we off came each together other. we came together we i mean perry uh, perry and i never grew up together but mm -hmm. we came together we came together because we liked the same things he loved graffiti I loved graffiti, he loved hip-hop, oh, and we came together, Ariel and I, do you know what I mean? we liked the same girls, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. We came together as, as, as three people. I think the answer really is that there's certain things where we can't do what others, what, you know, I can't do what yeah. Ariel does, Ariel can't do what I do, and vice versa, and I think that's where... But the three of us together are... Yeah. But then when we human. come up with an idea, <laughs> we all know where our place is in that, yeah. because it just... It just happens. And also just the in innovative side, none of us want to do something that's already been done before. Mm -hmm. Where's the fun in that? Well, it's like you said before as well. We said, yeah, a million people had the idea, but they didn't do it, you know? And it's the same, I could, you know, I might have had the design, but I couldn't have done it without Josh and Ariel. And but that comes back to the mindset. It's just, you have an idea and you execute on it. And I think that's the difference between like but that's a skill whatever you want to call them, that's a, that's a mindset. It's also of, a skill. I have an idea and I want to action on it and I'll do whatever it takes. I don't think an life. entrepreneur but that's a skill. knows exactly what they're getting into or what they are. I don't think that you can just sort of... What do you mean by that? I don't... As you don't, they you don't, don't know what you don't driving them. I don't claw, I, I, just, I just really don't like the word. I just think that it's too thrown about as... I just... In recent times, yeah. yeah. Because everyone, everyone and their Well, everyone could be an entrepreneur with a... Do you mean it's not, you don't say, right, I am this and now I'm going to do that. You just kind of, it, you do it and it happens. Yeah, and you exactly. Become like, something. Fuck the word entrepreneur. You mm -hmm. are, you are. You're just doing something. Because right? the truth is an entrepreneur doesn't really know what they're getting into the business. Yeah. But they don't actually know what they're getting into. Mm -hmm. What makes them. They just know they want to do it. I think that's, I think that's the it. issue with, <laughs> as you hit the nail on the head, Entrepreneurship is thrown around. A lot of people say, right, I want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens there is they actively look. <laughs> you don't yeah. become an business. entrepreneur, you are an entrepreneur. Exa yeah. Yeah, you, you can't it's teach in, it. It's, it's in something you. that yeah, no, exactly. a lot of people say to us, how did you do it? And the truth is, we just did it. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a how. Yeah, it's, kind of like, how. it's kind of like, if, <laughs> we if, just you don't like if you don't like running and you speak to a runner, um, you're like, how the, how the fuck do you go out and do a run at 6 a.m. every morning? I get up and For I them, I get up and yeah, I do yeah. it. If you don't like running, it's like, oh, I have to wake up at 6 a.m., I have to put on my shoes, tie my laces, it's cold But it doesn't mean that that person isn't an entrepreneur. It just means that they're not good at running. Yeah. So that person's got other strengths. Yeah. But personally, for me, being an entrepreneur is having a, a goal yeah. and actually meeting that, and, and actually you know I mean, scoring the goal. That's that, 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 right, that, that for me, because I think a lot of people they do just talk and they don't deliver. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's because they're not there yet. Maybe it's because they're, it's fear. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, but f for me, if I hit a target, that's my, I, I, I don't use the word entrepreneur, but that's my, Yeah. I feel that's where I feel my most entrepreneurial. Okay, and how about? Yeah, I guess there's, there's so many other, because I'm thinking about it as you're asking this question and, you know, if you say like, but how and what makes you this and what made that happen? And it's like, honestly, could sit here for days talking about all the intricate pieces that led to this, you know, whether it's meeting up after work every single evening for four months and looking on Google and just scratching our heads going, but no, how, but where? It was but just like, right, we're happy, yeah. we're meeting just all, It just becomes like... Um, it's an like a subconscious thing. It's an obsession. It was an obsession. And, was it a healthy obsession? 
Yeah, yeah, because we enjoyed doing it. Yeah. I did anyway. It was a yeah. healthy obsession because we were doing something positive. Yeah. We were creating something. We weren't going out and graffitiing or, you know, <laughs> or, or whatever it is. We were doing something that we truly believed in that served a purpose and that we thought was going to be the next best thing. I mean, I was Whether in a job that I hated. Is, is yeah. But the thought of going and meeting these two after work was getting you through was it. getting me through the day and it became yeah it, beca it literally became i guess it was, also, yeah, yeah, I also, it was just every night either mine or josh's house and, and we were just there for hours until you know we had to just go to sleep it's really and it was just trying to figure it all out i mean even once we got investment had product and was sat in an office there was still <laughs> so much to figure mm -hmm. out just you know scratching our heads like I mean, we were sat in a room in this tiny, tiny little cupboard, basically, <laughs> trying to work out how to sell 300,000 cans. Yeah. Because we might have said about Selfridges that they were going to buy 150,000. Oh, yeah. They, they bought about 1,500 cans. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So where did the other, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and what we actually <laughs> did was we just, we just gave them away, a lot of them. Yeah. You know, we wanted to work with people. We sponsored London Fashion Week. So yeah. one of the, the first emails that we sent was to the British Fashion Council, mm -hmm. again, who came back to us within a day and that gave us another you know, level of positivity to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, so we sponsored London Fashion Week. We gave them, I think, 30,000 units. And, so, so and Selfridges, yeah. and then, sorry to cut you off, Selfridges and then London Fashion Week. <laughs> what was the moment where all of you decided to jump in, go all in on this and say, yeah, I'm dedicated. Oh, it, ha it happened, it was stages, so. Well, what was that one moment? Well, for, so we, you got, went, I, we got, I, I no, went it wasn't, first. it wasn't well, when moment. we got investment. <coughs> we got someone investment. needed to be in an office yeah. Yeah. every day, whether it was answering a phone, no one would ever call us, but just being there just in case. <laughs> I was literally just um, sitting there tweeting so, my phone. So Josh, <laughs> you know, Josh was fortunate in the sense that he could still do what he was doing on weekends and in evenings DJing. Yeah. Um, so he left his job and he was the first man in the office. And then about you know, a month after, would you say it was you? Yeah, well, no, I think that was. Few yeah, months I left months. in December. <laughs> what made you? What I made needed you? Ariel. I, I honestly, I. So it was, was it? Did you leave mainly because of the pull from Josh or the push from? I need to get out of this environment. No, I enjoyed my job. Yeah. I, I was very motivated, and I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the people that I work with. But for me, it was the belief in myself that I could always do that if this didn't work out. You know yeah. what? I was 22 at the time, mm -hmm. so. All right, I'd spend a year trying to do something that no one's ever done. If it doesn't work out, I'll find another job. I'll be all right. I can go back into what I was doing. So, but you're saying that, but did you have a clear plan B in your mind? Or when you all respectively went all in, were you thinking... <laughs> there was no plan B. There was never there was an option. No plan there, there, there was never an option in my mind that I would go back. Yeah. As yeah. in, I, I, it was something that I knew was a safety net, but mm -hmm. it was something I didn't want to do after making that leap. Mm -hmm. um, which is why I think when you, you take know, any risk, gave us that motivation. You don't that. think of a plan B. No. Yeah, you don't. I'd say Ari Ariel may, may in, in a sense of line of work, may have taken the biggest risk, mm -hmm. just in the sense that what me and Josh we can did do freelance. Was still, yeah, you know, with creative stuff and, and DJing also kind of indirectly creative as well. But then mm -hmm. I guess to actually leave like a nine to five career. I mean, <laughs> yeah. correct me if I'm. Like putting it, it was badly, but, you know, well, yeah, yeah, he's in an industry where you have to build yourself up from T-boy to... Yeah, I had five years of reputation that I was one yeah. day just not going to be there. That's a lot of um, at stake. But yeah. we, all, we all, yeah, I mean, at this point we had investment. I think that gave us a lot of confidence yeah. that, you know, these you know, these people actually gave us their money. Who were successful yeah, in their is, own yeah. right, and they could, you and know, we, so they're speaking personally, and, I'm, you know, you probably agree, but their judgment actually gave me 
so much confidence if you yeah, do agree. Same. The fact that, yeah, successful people say, here's money for you to, for the, for the opportunity for you to become successful is like, wow, that's, that's quite, you know. Gave us a lot of confidence. The word? Yeah. It's more external validation. Yeah, well, yeah validation. We, we had never done this before and there are people who have actually sold a business and they're saying, we're gonna trust you with our money yeah. and hopefully I think make more. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that 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 was it was big. It was good for us. Yeah, it was a big moment getting actually yeah. people to say like, here's money. Like yeah. start a business. Here's yeah. a bank account with some money in it. <laughs> yeah. Go go for it. it. I'd say to this day probably like quite a big wow. Yeah. 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 That's when it becomes real. That's when it's like, oh shit, this is not just a website with some email signatures anymore. Like yeah. This We've is a got real like three hundred thousand cans in a warehouse that yeah. we need to sell yeah. now. <laughs> it's costing us money every day. And that was probably the scariest. So yeah, so oh. so Josh left his job, went to Can of Water, then shortly after that Ariel, and then shortly after that myself. <laughs> All right, so fast forward to today, fifteen million cans later, you sold fifteen million cans today, right? Around that. Around that. Pretty nuts in itself, and then six hundred six hundred percent growth since last year. Last year, which as well is is pretty absurd. How, in your opinion, we've touched on it previously in, in the, this conversation, but how do you think you've managed to achieve that growth? Hard work. Yeah. Like, yeah we've I, we've I, worked really hard. I think um, the first couple of years of really hard work was building the foundations. Even though people said no, mm -hmm. they still knew who we were. So the moment that everyone woke up to the plastic problem and the minute that people started calling their distributors and saying, what have you got that isn't plastic? that light bulb went off in the bar's heads and you know they turned around and said um oh actually we need can water you know now. who to call exactly <laughs> <laughs> and then get your reference now yeah, yeah i was thinking same. what's ghostbusters got to do with everything <laughs> yeah people knew who, who to call at this point because we had called them they'd laughed down the phone at us but they the funniness had ingrained in their memory did you know at that point when you were making all those calls that actually by making them remember you, that would serve you well in the future? No, no, not necessarily. I mean, we, we knew that as a business, we needed to, fundamentally, we needed customers who wanted to buy our product to go to the um, distributors mm -hmm. as a reverse inquiry. So we knew that the groundwork that we were doing would at least serve us at some point. We didn't know when that point would be. We didn't know if that point would ever come but we fundamentally believed that we were doing the right thing by speaking to all of these people in those first two years, regardless of whether they bought the product or not. Obviously, we hope that they did. What we, um, what we did is we, we actually weren't, we weren't really getting anywhere. We were in Whole Foods, we were in Selfridges, we were in quite a, like a few independents, but we weren't actually getting we're in anywhere a couple of on the phone. Places, mm -hmm. So we, we had, Ariel and I actually went to a meeting, and someone said to us, um, "Really, what you need to be doing is uh, you need to work out: Do you want to be sales or do you want to be marketing? Because right now you haven't got the uh, the funding for like you need to work out where where you want to align yourselves. And I think that at this point, sales weren't growing really. Mm -hmm. It was uh, no, no, no one really knew about us, like." If we went into Tesco's, we'd be delisted after a week because we no, one would, no one would yeah. pick us up off the shelf. So we thought, you know what? We all sat down together and said, all right, we need to restructure. Um, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it by marketing and creating maybe a bit more of a luxury brand and reaching out to influencers who cared about maybe it was sport or mm -hmm. cared about the environment. And we're going to give, as we have 300,000 cans, we're going to give 
shitloads of cans out to events yeah. and we're going to create a demand. And all, all along this time, um, <clears throat> whilst we were trying to create more sales and you know, get the brand out there, we were actually building a brand. Yeah. Like we were gathering more followers, more people were hearing about the product and so slowly but, but we were building a brand so that like Ariel said, you know, that whole time period leading up to you know, the moment where it was kind of that tipping point, we, we, we'd established a brand as well, as much as like a, a business foundation by talking to distributors and, you know, I guess creating some relationships. That, that must have been quite comforting because like I think if you can relate to the fact that if you're really ambitious and you're working your ass off constantly, that can sometimes lead to stress because you don't really know what all your hours and hard work is working mm. towards, but you knowing that you're building this foundation and this we didn't know if it would work though. yeah so it we, didn't we feel like that we yeah. didn't know if the foundation was there or not but you know you have a chicken and egg situation when you launch a product yeah you either spend a shitload of money on marketing everyone knows about your product but they've got nowhere to buy it mm -hmm. or you spend you know a lot of time on distribution and you've got a product that's available everywhere but no one knows about it so you've got to find this this healthy Happy balance medias. and you went for the market and we went, we, went we kind of went for we a combination of the two you know with with perry's skill set and what we were putting out from a creative perspective mm -hmm. visually the brand was very stimulating and aspirational and then you know josh and i were doing um the kind of distributional side of it and the selling and speaking to people and saying we've got this amazing brand and the putting it into the right goods. people's hands as well um, yeah. and it was just an amalgamation of all of these things that at the time felt like small steps. So you said that you were, I don't know if you said you were in a meeting and someone told you about that balance between marketing and sales and maybe yeah. at that point you wouldn't have necessarily seen it in that light. What advice did you get given early on that really impacted you on <sighs> achieving this growth? The truth is, we did, do you know what, we, we did, didn't. actually didn't get any <laughs> advice, that's the yeah. truth. And well, we, everyone had opinions and Everyone thoughts, had opinions, but, but the truth is, we always said to each other, we need to find someone who's owned a drinks company. We don't know anyone. We need to find someone who owns a drinks company. And the truth is, I don't think that anyone could have given us the, the advice that we actually needed. We had to what what we advice were, did you need? Well, the advice at that time that someone would have given us would just go back to your day jobs. This is not going to work. Probably. You know, anyone really credible who would have given us advice at the time, I um, went to meet with a couple of people who had founded some very big drink company and sold them on. And you know, they basically looked at me and said, you've got, a, your, your proposition is so thin. There's nothing here. It's a can of water. Yes, it's more recyclable. Everyone's still buying plastic. No one's gonna spend 30, 40 pence more on a can of water. It was quite, it was, it was actually at the time, it was quite a blow. It was disheartening. Was you know, we thought we had the next best thing and there was someone who'd been there and done that, who turned around and basically said, oh, you're mad. The same for how all the nose went over your head. Yeah. But did the nose go over your head when it was coming from people who were credible? No. Been there, done that. No, no we, that's we, we'd, go, we'd probably we would have left the office early, and we probably would have actually have had. We probably would have had an argument with each other probably about, had it, about had something irrelevant, yeah. but it just created Infested. that kind of, yeah. um, you know, that environment. You know, um, another. But there, sorry, go on. No, no. There, there was a lot of days where, you know, personally, was, yeah. I was questioning what I was doing. I, yeah. I was kind of embarrassed that I'd come out of the city and, you know, been this guy who was earning decent money for my age and could have gone on to do this. And that I'd gone and I'm selling canned water. And, you know, a couple of times I sat there at night thinking, what the fuck am I doing? Like, how, the, long, the did people, that, how long did that rut last for? Um, 
On and off for probably six to nine months, to be honest. You know, but you would wake up, you would get on with it. Something relatively positive would happen, which would, you know, let you finish that day maybe on a bigger high than Mm -hmm. the day before. Yeah, there there was always, it was always counterbalances. So, you know, you might take a blow, but then you'd get a little win. And there was always these (coughs) pipe line opportunities there was always something to look forward to if i'm a member of right anyway speaking for myself personally there was always something on the horizon whether it's you know potential listing with a stockist or meeting someone it's funny because it was just always always something that kind of kept the hope there there was always always something there like in it might have been the shittest few months but in a few months we had fashion week yeah i mean fashion week went completely dead we get an email from david gandhi he's a massive fan of the product on to the next thing Whenever there's, whenever there's yeah. things as trivial as just someone who's got 10,000 followers posting your picture, yeah. Yeah. you know, which in the scheme of things is quite irrelevant, but it gave you that, all right, well, yeah. this person sees something. Yeah. People have got no idea how much they, people helped us. The, the consumer who didn't even realise that they were yeah. doing something, they just thought they were posting a picture of can of water, but that to three boys to who... Yeah. Ha- who thought that they it's were really true, actually. flogging a dead horse. It really picked us up. I agree, yeah. Even just seeing someone going to Whole Foods or Selfridges, take a picture and go, wow, this is incredible. Mm. That, you know, at the time, maybe not, but when I reflect on it now, subconsciously, that really kind of like, yeah. oh, well, this person gets it. So it's not, you know, I'm not mad. It's not just yeah. me. It's not just no, us three. We're one not thing crazy. We, one th- we had to do a lot of sampling when we first started. So we had, it was horrible. horrible. It was horrible. horrible. And we, we st- still do. Well, you're standing. So I, I remember a good example. I was standing in Whole Foods. Yeah. And again, come from a great job, whatever, and I was literally asking people, do they want to try your, our water? Here, would you like to try some water? People would look at you and think, try water? Oh, you must be mental, it's water at the end of the day. But I saw someone that I knew as well, and I was so embarrassed at that point that I was standing in Whole Foods asking people to try water. That killed it me. Is. That it is, that's was the type of stuff like out of your soul destroying. And it was, it's just because you're so self-aware just of for, that for, yeah, I think so, and, and you like, you're, 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 you're forced <laughs> out of the dream big mentality yeah. in that moment. And your ego yeah, does play into it. And where it, we come yeah. from as well. Don't want to no, be but that we, we do it now, so it's not necessarily just having to do that, but I think what Ariel means is at that time in place where the business was, when it feels like, you know, well, we were selling like, you know, nothing really. Yeah. And we yeah. weren't a brand that people recognised and we weren't solving this problem that people recognised. It was, it was difficult. It was difficult to step out of your comfort zone and to, to put in the work that you know is necessary whilst feeling insignificant but and advice, insecure. The advice that, that I would give to people is that these, these steps when it comes to starting a business, oh, absolutely. you ha- like you have to do this stuff. You have to eat the shit. Right? I mean, yeah, I, you have to. to. It's not I am that. so it's much more confident from it. It's uh, well, yeah. I'm not to add to that. It's learning, and <laughs> yeah, just going back to the um, original point. It, I feel like we've learned so much in that time. If you took that time away and the struggle and the having to figure things out, we we probably wouldn't. You wouldn't want be that able, we, no. Well, we wouldn't be learning, learning, It's it not just happen. learning; it's learning by experience and yeah. going through that. Yeah. It's very different. I mean, to just I, reading I sat with someone the other day who asked for a bit of advice. They started uh, they're starting a company, and um, I was talking to him about the business, and it's it's it's, it's an FMCG brand. He's doing sweets and. I couldn't believe, like, I was just talking to him and I couldn't believe the actual, like, you knew how much you I've learned about. and how much I, I know It's all now. in your head, you just don't even know it. You just need the right and, questions. And going back to out. advice is that 
I wish that I had advice like that, but the truth is, who would give advice to someone or to, to people who, when they don't really, no one really believed in it, that's the truth. So and I think we couldn't of, really get in A lot of people's then. egos played into yeah. it as well. Why, yeah. you know, these guys, they're wasting their time. Um, but fundamentally, what we did at the beginning and the hard things that we went through put us in good stead to be able to actually capitalise on when it started going well as well, mm -hmm. because okay. we knew what we needed to do. We'd been there and we'd done that. And how you, how you, how would you advise someone on doing something that hasn't been done anyway? Yeah, exactly. What, what, yeah, it's, what advice would you give? And the truth is, going back to social media, with social media and with sponsoring, even even to the point of sponsoring posts, mm -hmm. I used to do that. It was just about getting people to see Validation, the brand. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was so important and we got so caught up on trolls and people and that, that was probably, that was a massive blow. I mean, so Ari used, used to block every person that tried let's, talk, let's talk about that because I think that's Yeah, that. we were like, you can't do that. I, I, if I could, I probably would have found their details and like sent something to them. Ari used to take it so personally yeah, that Because it is, this is something it's, it's that your you've baby. spent your, your you, you know, the last two, three years working every day on blood, sweat and tears. You don't want anyone to call your baby ugly. People, no, no, no exactly. people say, what type of idiot, and I actually, funny if I knew this guy, and um, fuck you, um, <laughs> but I basically, he said, what idiots, I think we'll show what that idiots <laughs> would, what idiots would post, would make a product like this? What All right, let's, let's, let's talk about this, I think it's really important. What are the, like, the top common keyboard warrior trolls that you get? The, the well, number one most. thing that we get the tap. is, the tap. why wouldn't you just use the tap? Yeah. And fundamentally, <laughs> so the, listen, the tap is the ideal solution, <laughs> yeah. right? It, it is, there's no bottles, question right? about it. Yeah. Refillable bottles, the tap. But so many people don't like tap water for whatever reason, they think it has a taste, they don't trust the tap water. Um, you know, there's a lot of, obviously globally, places where you can't drink from the tap as well. But a lot of people, we, we've been conditioned into this world of convenience mm -hmm. where everything is at arm's length. The amount of plastic bottles that people buy on a daily basis, I think it's a million you a minute. You can't just get rid of on the go. Um, you, you can't just say to everyone, you know what, you're never going to be able to buy anything on the go ever again. It's like saying, sorry, you, no more meal deals, make a sandwich yeah. at home. Exactly, yeah. no, I was just going to say we that. Had, yeah, you can't um, eat out anymore, yeah. bring your own food, lunch, set, breakfast, dinner. Exactly. Yeah. We, we, sent not large, uh, we sent in a large cricket ground, yeah, and someone put up a picture of <clears> someone drinking can of water. And some person wrote below, why not just use a tap? And one of the people that worked there turned around and said, "We've got forty thousand people that come to our come to our stadium. Like, we can't just." What if one of them forgets their bottle? What if someone faints on the floor and mm. there's literally like they, there has to be ready, there has to be an on-the-go option. It's just not realistic. And, mm. I, and I think these people. What are you, I hate to say this, but what are you doing to make change? Well, yeah. just to add Apart as well. Apart from just writing on people's yeah. posts. Just to <laughs> add as well, we actually, we, we have refillable flasks that we sell on our website and we all use them. But, you know, you don't, I don't know, on a you Saturday forget night. It's not realistic. Forget them. People forget them. Them. With people me. don't want to wash them. You know, people, it's just. It's so like easy to say this, these things, trolls. It's so easy for them to say it. But. Um, I think hitting them in the head, what is it that they're doing? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and we, you know, we do challenge people sometimes who really go for it and say, well, what are you doing about okay, so a problem or creating a solution? So, all right, so that's one, of, that's one of the big ones that come up and you just gave your answer. What would be another one that you come across on a daily basis? You can't reseal it, but then obviously we show them the picture. Why would you drink water in a can when you can't close it? 
Yeah. And then we introduce them to our resealable can. And a lot of people... You know, most people, actually, that, that troll us, through education, we do convert them. Mm-hmm. And a, a big thing that we've been, you know, quite intent on from day one is educating people, mm-hmm. whether it's through point-of-sale material, whether it's through statistics that people didn't know, interesting facts. That's and what I happens think, when you're pioneering, right? Yeah. The education element has to come from it in mm. your marketing and your external communication. Yeah, we've, we, you know, we had to tell people it's resealable. This is how you do mm-hmm. it. We had to show people the benefits of using aluminium versus plastic. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally, with education, you know, you can sell more product because people understand it more as well, mm-hmm. and they're they're a lot more empowered to make that change. Yep. and then also talk about it to other people. Okay. So, moving more onto the the marketing side of it, and how you've really leveraged social media to grow your brand and presence organically. First of all, what ages were you all at when social media really picked up, and what impact has that had on your interpretation are of you, brand are you building in life? Does are you NSN talk- count as social media? Wait, yeah, you talk- Fa- you talking. I'm talking about social media, which Facebook. I was Facebook. About sixteen. I think Facebook. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. fourteen at the time. But we, John, we we grew up. We grew up without Facebook and with Facebook, yeah. and I think that, I don't know, a part of me sort of finds that quite attractive, just personally for yeah. me, because I saw what life was like when you had no social media, and I was probably one of the last generations, really, that we, we probably all we were, were one of the last we, generation. We had the best For me, because like, you're, you're a few years older than me, Facebook came out when I was in year seven. I, yeah. I look at it in a weird way, I see social media almost as a an evolution of the internet because I yeah, think about yeah. I think about uh, businesses before the internet and I just think like how? oh my god is like, the only if you how? think about it the internet how? is that's the only way it could have gone it's just a progression of the internet you know where you had websites and blogs that mm-hmm. was your social media right you'd go on the internet and you'd look at blogs and articles one and thing I will evolved. say is that is it was very authentic back then yeah. and now it's not authentic and I think can of water um, is very fortunate to be a brand that people find authentic whereas you go on social, any form of why social media. Th- why do you think that? Because we've just talked a little bit about how you guys are authentic, but how does it translate? Because I think that that was always, whenever there's anything, whether it's a music genre or it's something, there's always, people always turn it into business, mm-hmm. business, business, business. So like, I'm a DJ. Anyone can be a DJ now. Yeah. I spent years trying to perfect my DJ skills without looking at a screen on vinyl. Perry did what he did on software. Now, you can do... It's funny, it's a gift and a curse in a sense, because, yeah, it's like you're talking about the accessibility of yeah. everything, which is good, <laughs> but can also... Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. But, that's, but like, I, I know for me that I, am a, I feel like I can do things that a DJ who hasn't learnt from... It's a 10,000 hour rule, isn't it? Mm. It is, it's exactly and I that. I think that's an issue of... So we've spoken about this in a previous podcast. I think linking it back to entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship as well and social media and our generation I think the main thing it's bred is a lack of patience and also yeah. it's given people kind of a, a fast track to it's success shortcuts. Shortcuts. which doesn't last you know yeah. there's so, so like many when, when you don't have that passion that purpose that you guys obviously have yeah. and you don't have patience either when shit hits the fan that's when you're going to fail yeah. and that's when you're going to crumble yeah. especially when you're highlighting your lows to everyone else's yeah, highs no, definitely. on Instagram but piece. with social media it's uh an authentic brand sticks out like a sore thumb. And what, so what are the characteristics of an authentic brand? An, an authentic brand well, I think, I think practicing we, what we preach. <laughs> like, we we really. would have done this with or without social media. No, yeah. but what I'm saying no, is that... Well, to, to give you an example of an authentic 
brand on social media, we've never sold a plastic <laughs> bottle before in our lives. Yep. We never will. There's other brands that have now started to come into the market who have seen the traction that a canned water is getting, who are now all of a sudden posting about canned water only, forgetting that every month they're selling millions of plastic bottles. Mm -hmm. You know, that's unauthentic. Um, for us, that's jumping on a, we, we believe, you've got to practice what you preach. Okay, so from, let me rephrase the question, from a communications perspective mm. on social, how do you practice your authenticity? Or I is it just, is it again, I, no, just no, no, it's not thinking no, about it? No, I, I think we don't think about yeah, it. And it's I all, just, everything's organic. Everything's organic. Yeah. It's not someone from a reality TV program holding the can and like smiling. Is actually, it's in situ in a place where it's actually real. Well, it's it's funny. We, it's kind of like we're conscious about, it, but we're not conscious about it because again, it plays into what we were talking about earlier, which is like we're just doing what's true to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We talk as ourselves, like just as we're sat here talking about it to you, is just how we talk about it through marketing, through POS to distributors to stockists. Like, it, it's there's there's one side to it basically it's things that we believe in yeah you know we wouldn't ever put something out for example whether it's a statistic or a comment that we haven't personally believed fact checked and and yeah. you know we know is true there's plenty of other brands that you know greenwashing is a big greenwashing thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i remember i sent that to you yeah. there's, there's plenty of, yeah. of brands out there yeah. who will talk about you know whether they've gone down this route or that route and actually fundamentally it's just marketing they haven't yeah, yeah. practiced what they preach cause, cause marketing yeah. yeah and you know like you look at plastic bottle brands over the past sort of however many years 30 years it's all marketing and it's all marketing bullshit because it's actually not true mm -hmm. everything we say is factual everything we say is everything we do is organic um and yeah and if any one of us was uncomfortable with it it wouldn't go, it wouldn't out, go out into the world yeah and okay, I guess this is a bit of an open question because I still want to stay on the same kind of topic. I think it's fair to say you've grown, you've grown organically, right? You haven't, like some of the competitors that we won't mention, you haven't bought your way to this position. You've no. grown and you've earned it. You've <coughs> earned people's attention. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that the majority of that can come down to Instagram, the peer pressure, the FOMO element yeah, that definitely. we're talking about. What has that been like growing a community and seeing it flourish in front of your eyes. I mean, it's exciting. The, the, we, we, everything, our whole lives, let's be honest, is Instagram. Yeah. We all go on Instagram, we all love Instagram. The feeling of getting tagged in as many photos as we do on a daily basis is, it's just, it's the best feeling. I mean, I personally go through every single yeah. person who tags us in a picture. And Why? Because it, it uh, first of all, I like to see our demographic. Yeah. Because I think that it's like data. It's, it's data. I like to see the type of person that's drinking. Analyzing data. I like to see the type of person. <laughs> no, it's true. It I like to see. Yeah, we're Cambridge Analytica. analytica <laughs> yeah. land. I like to see who's drinking can of water. I think that is so important to see the demographic. Especially when it's your product. Yeah. yeah. And also feedback as well. You know, you, yeah. you get good feedback on social yeah. media when you interact with people. I think a lot of these companies are old hat and they've got no idea who their demographic are. Mm -hmm. And that's because they're, they don't, they're not actually, they're just looking at the numbers and they're not actually looking at like who, and they're getting oh, agencies to, to do it for them. And I, right now, while we're small and we are growing rapidly, I like to see the type of person drinking can of water because I, I, so important, I, can, I can then target to that person and knowing that they like our product. There's no point in sponsoring a post out to people who don't care or like about the product. Mm -hmm. 
and especially sticking on the Instagram thing, how, because I remember when I came in, it was, I don't know if it was last year, it was probably last November, and do you remember we were talking about then you were saying you were getting all these DMs? Yeah. And then you started reposting them, and then that just started taking off and off and off. How does that in itself make you feel? Just the fact that that's kind of, now people are going out, they're not just buying a can of water, they're buying it and taking a picture of it and sharing it with everyone. Because that was millions also, um, of marketing. Exa- yeah. And this is... I yeah, think there was two, there was two, that, not, there's two parts to that, because one is being widely available, and that's when that happened, when we became widely available in a lot of the multinationals, supermarkets. And I think that's something that we always hoped that we had created a product that people would want to take a picture of. Not, not That's too direct. Not want to take a picture of, just a product that looked... Cool. It's gratifying, you know, yeah. to be able to to see that and actually when you know where you've come from and the work that's gone into it, mm-hmm. it's really nice to see that someone feels that not need, but but it's, feels that association. When we, when we first started, we used to drive through Oxford Street. Yeah, we would park up illegally, and we would literally just hand out cans to people, and we would ask them to. Fo- we would do no it for illegally. about three hours. No illegally. I mean, <laughs> just do that. it wasn't legal, but we were giving cans <laughs> to police as well, and they never moved us. Yeah, on, they never so. moved us. But we were, we did this thing called can for gram. So we would basically give someone a can, they would follow us on Instagram, and oh, at that. the end of the day, we would get a few tags, but it never felt. Amazing because and it also never you felt gave, organic because you, you gave were, them the cans. That was just you bribed that it. was just to introduce the can of water to people, and we wanted to increase our following because if someone followed us, hopefully they will see our next post that we put up, and they will then like be a believer of the brand. But to actually be tagged in like sometimes over fifty times a day of posts by people who. Are not being asked to do it. They're literally doing it off their own back. And they're all from but different, that, that, parts. And they're all from different parts of the country. That says mad. something about the product because whether it is a good product <laughs> or good content on social media, yeah. you need to facilitate some kind, something in I, that person's I know, life. I know, I know what it so is. So you are giving gone. I know what it is. It's they're becoming part of a community. And people want they're to be co- seen to be doing good things. Yeah. It's both look of those. At, it's yeah. both of those. Exactly, no, that is, no, Harry, exactly, it is both like, of those. Like, for example, he he wanted to, he posted it, yeah, yeah. waiting for a repost. He didn't get it. So. <laughs> uh, next time. Do it so again and we'll uh, repost it. So there's two things going on. There's the <laughs> wanting to belong to a community, yeah. Yeah. but also wanting to post something out to your network yeah, to show definitely. you, I didn't just buy a can of water, I bought something this is that a helps statement. me it's a statement. explain who I am I get, honestly, so many people say to me, like, oh, my yeah, my younger daughter, she, we were out and she asked me, she begged me to buy a can of water. It's still sitting. People don't want to throw can of water away. They actually keep it in their house like it's like a mantelpiece. Yeah, it's mad. But I, when we first I still started, get that a lot. People, like we, when we're doing sampling, someone will come over and go, must oh, can I love can that. I? As, the guy, as the design and the brand behind it, you I'll must be honest, love that. I'll be honest, no, it's Why? funny. Because I just, it's, we want it's a mission. Recycle. Recycle. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And also, I, I just feel like it's a mission. You're just on a mission. You know, you're heading somewhere. You're not, you're not really. Yeah, we, we grew up with brands like Adidas, Nike, I mean, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, everything where, we are all obsessed with it and we've all grown up with it and do you know what I mean you get the new pair of shoes or you get whatever you get we've all grown up loving these brands mm-hmm. and to feel like we could be creating something that could one day be something agree, as yeah. big as that that's, that's what feels good i agree okay. yeah that's, that's what feels that, good that. so based on that conversation around a brand 
what is your did we talk about this when the cameras were off about our thoughts on brands and that kind of thing no, don't what makes a brand did we talk about so. that while we were live what? I don't know right. so like in your opinion <laughs> <laughs> in your, so in your opinion because it kind of gets thrown around a lot yeah what is a brand to you what is a strong brand oh right yeah we were talking about this As before we started specific examples of strong brands no to you what, what makes what a, brand? a good brand I mean for us it's purpose really. yeah nowadays I think any you know if I see a brand out there or, and and there's legacy brands like Nike and Adidas and all of these great companies who've done great things. They're not necessarily solving problems, but they've been able to integrate into culture. Yeah. You know, for, historically, that for me is what represents a good brand. Someone that's been able to really weave their message into the fabric of humanity. It's true. And for me on a but, spot on. But now, <laughs> I think purpose is even more important. Huge. If you don't have that authentic reason to be there, um, it, it's not as exciting. You don't really aspire to, to be that brand or part of it or resonate with it. Do you think that's a sign of the times though in the shifting consumer values? Yeah, definitely. Consumers so it always have got comes so down much to culture. Now. It always comes down to culture. Yeah, right? it, People get bored right. so easily. But like, look at brands like Netflix. It's just, I mean... But that serves a purpose. That serves a purpose, exactly. It's Amazon ingrained in our souls. Facebook, Instagram, they serve purposes. Yeah. All right, maybe the purpose isn't to create Convenient. a better world from an environmental perspective but you know they trigger some kind of change positive yeah, or negative course. i also yeah. think uh, what we were saying before it's also experience like mm. user experience when and also i've got to say something you say that about um facebook about the would would as many people know about the problem if there wasn't Facebook. Yeah, but Facebook serves a purpose. Yeah. It's connecting the world. But I actually think that, for oh, instance, okay. Netflix, Plastic Oceans, yeah. yeah? Millions of people have seen that, that, that film. Those millions of people wouldn't have seen that without Netflix. So I think that they all are all actually, in a way, they're all serving it. They are well, serving There's negatives and positives. So my, yeah, exactly. I've said this in the podcast before, but my thought is that social media has allowed us as a generation to instantly be able to empathize and understand people's opinions and outlooks from halfway across the world yeah that has in itself made the world a lot more of a, a much smaller place yeah and therefore made us authentically give a shit about problems happening yeah. and that in itself is pretty incredible that's why we as a generation do care about issues like these yeah of course and another positive is the way that ideas can spread it, it, it's <laughs> incredible how social media and the internet has empowered ideas good ideas to spread and therefore really triggered positive change in the world. So the way I like to refer to it and really why, as you will know, the motivations behind starting Brightshift is seeing Cambridge Analytica scandal, fire Festival, Brexit, using social media and spreading not hate, but fraudulent messaging and abusing it for fraudulent gain. Why I love Cano is you have leveraged that same you have leveraged the same tools that those people leverage for, for negative, but you have leveraged it in a way that triggers positive change in the world. And I think be, being able to do that authentically with no real media spend behind it. No, we haven't spent You haven't spent any anything. media spend, <laughs> apart from what we're about to do together, obviously. But yeah. you got to that point organically is, yeah, pretty incredible. Thank you. You're very welcome. Your average, your average lads who, are, who understand that in business you can actually combine we just wanted to make a difference we're we not care. standing outside we care but yeah. we're not yeah, I we're also not. think as well um, there's a lot of activists out there 
who are a lot more disruptive than positive. We're not standing um, outside Coke you know, with there, there's, cards. Uh, well, there's talking about Everyone the negativity. Everyone has the capability to create positive change. We've decided to create it through a business that's doing something to replace plastic bottles as an alternative. You could stand outside somewhere all day with a placard. Surely your time is better off spent going inside and thinking, you know what? Actually, how can I create something or do make something that's going to make a positive impact instead of... And, and that could be going and talking in schools, for example. Yeah. You don't have to just stand outside. I mean, look at Greta. Yeah, yeah. There are people that have been spreading the same message for however many years, years and years and years, and there are people out there that are 70 years old that have been outside, do you know what I mean, with placards for however many years, and then she comes along, and she does what she does on social media, and she has basically just yeah, thrown it in everyone's face to the and created that awareness. No one else really was um, And I think that's what we're that's what we're, we're trying to do. That's what we're what we've tried to do. You've got Sky Ocean Rescue that are talking about it. You've got David Attenborough that's doing incredible work. And we just do what we're doing. It, it's very easy and it would have been very easy for us. And something actually that we started doing initially to get caught in the trap of talking about the negatives of other businesses or other mm -hmm. people. We identified the positives about this product and what it can do globally. Um, and that's what we talk about, is the positive side of it. I think you can get very caught up in saying, this person's bad, that person's bad, but what are you doing about it? And what drag, are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. Mm -hmm. you, you can, you know, you only have to be 51% positive to be positive most of the time. And I think that's a good way of looking at it to really inspire positive change. Nice. I like that. Yeah, I read that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard it now. It's not even authentic. You <laughs> bloody read it. You what said you it mean? so You just confident. read it. You just I read didn't it make it up. No, That's something. All right, so hypothetically, 10 years' time, what impact would you have wanted to have made and what is the grander vision? I think to be a household name from, yeah. from a brand perspective and to, you know, I mean, our main core mission, which is just creating an alternative, just, just be on being, the shelf. being able to provide every person that goes out to buy water have that option of you know choosing a can that, that can be infinitely recyclable i mean I'm, I'm not gonna go into too much detail but i think as a business and and as a threesome we understand the process of creating a product like this which can be applied to many other different yeah um you know products in the household in the workplace wherever it is that are predominantly plastic mm -hmm. and you know plastic apart from what we've burnt, every piece of plastic ever created is still on this earth in mm -hmm. some way, shape or form. Why not create products that close the loop and that always come back as their intended purpose? So it's bigger purpose? than water. Yeah, I, I think, you know. It's an umbrella. Uh, as as a, nice. uh, a real goal for 10 years time, water is a segue into a bigger proposition. Okay. Water's just such a big, a lot of people say to us, why not flavors, why not flavors? One day we may, might do flavors, but right now, like we want to conquer water the water element is fair enough it focus starts, on market share what flavors. are your kpis what are your kpis market specific market share market share against total water, basically just get into everywhere as, as much as possible our kpis as a business are being on every shelf yeah where plastic every single are shelf sold. in if we're not replacing it with there as an option yeah okay um, yeah. you know that is our goal from this product and i think that um, you know, we, we, we're doing well. There's a hell of a lot more work to do. But in an ideal world, there won't be any more plastic bottles on the shelf yeah. and there will be 
canned products. But right now we're giving people an option. We're giving them a choice. They yeah. can cho they can choose between A or B. Um, well, that's where the education comes in. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's what we are spending most of our time doing. Yeah. And that's educating. what we tell to a lot of you know our stockist distributors. Give us that opportunity to be on the shelf. And, we'll and as a brand, we will lead people to make the right decision. Nice. So that 10 year vision, mm. the umbrella, what are the key challenges that you see getting in your way in order to attain that vision? Um, key challenges, I think, the revenues that certain businesses are used to mm -hmm. selling pretty inexpensive plastic bottles aluminium is a commodity it's more expensive in nature um, so you're going to have to forfeit some profit to do the right thing as a business mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely one challenge and also i think um, production capabilities for different types of products um, is challenging um, but we can we can address those challenges and, and do our best <coughs> to overcome those. You know, that was the challenge when we started, producing it. How do we produce it? Who's going to produce it for us? Is there going to be a taste in the water? All these yeah. different things which we've overcome. So, you know, with, with dedication, um, I'm, I'm convinced we can overcome those. Yeah, we won't take no as an answer. Yeah, we just won't take no as an answer. People at the beginning said to us, you can't put water in a can. But... Here we are today. Why? Sorry, going way back. Why do they say you can't put water in a can? There's a few. Well, there's there's two main things. There's the taste profile. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been other businesses that have tried to do it, and they have had water that tastes like citrus, for example, mm -hmm. because they haven't had all of their you know equipment acidically cleaned or different things. And then there was also um, our steel cans have a level of nitrogen in them, which keeps them hard and rigid for transportation. Um, and not a lot of people were capable of doing that. And the third thing is, no one really thought we we're going to be around long enough to actually okay. take a risk on shutting off their lines to help these three guys create a canned water business. They didn't want to do it. People weren't interested. Um, they are now, and they're knocking at our door. And you know, everyone would like to be it's a partner be of ours. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice when they come back. And what are your thoughts on? I don't know, have we covered this? The bigger, what are your thoughts on the bigger boys coming out, the Coca-Colas of the world? Listen, the, the most important thing is we own the name Can of Water. So if they want to put water in a can, that's fine. But the people are still asking for a can of water. <laughs> and I think that, listen, it, we... It's only going to be a positive thing, we believe. One, um, you know, for the environment, if they stop yeah. using all of this plastic and go into cans. Two... Probably from a commercial proposition, there'll be more aluminium out there in the world, which yeah. will drive the price down. And three, it's solidifying what we've done. You know, when we started, no one wanted to know us. We're if all the big boys now. are starting to create canned water products, that's a real pat on the back that we've had the foresight to be able to do this. Yeah, and if we, the more we believe in it, the more it's inevitable yeah. that water will be packaged. I mean, you in walk cans. into any shop and you see 30 brands of water on the shelf. If we are one of however many canned waters on the shelf that um, people can choose from, I don't really see it as a negative, but as long as we are... We'll continue to do what we do like best you as start, a brand. You started that, yeah. though. Yeah. And that would feel amazing, and that would be... Listen, it's it frustrating. It it, you know, it, it would get frustrating if we um, not get the recognition, but weren't recognised as those people who did, because... Yeah. You know, we put a lot of hard work and time and belief into this when no one did. Mm -hmm. We'll just create um, a huge campaign like we were the first. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, you know, that's, that's what happens when you create a great product. Yeah. Other people we would be naive, be, be me too's. And We'd be naive to think that 
no one would copy us yeah. after we have are having so much uh, amazing traction. But it comes down to your innovation, isn't it? Yeah. Like people can copy you. However much they like, the but you're going to be the ones coming out with these like, the new ideas driven yeah. Yeah. by something different than these yeah. copycats. Yeah, and, and again, I think its success will determine other people doing it. So the more successful it becomes, the more people are going to jump on and do the same, which is inevitable again. Yep. You, you, you know, if, if, it, if that doesn't happen, then it's probably not successful. Okay, that's Ar a really arguably, interesting way of yeah, measuring success, ar isn't Arguably. It? Yeah, how many copycats you've got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you'll always stay, if you always stay five steps ahead, then they can copy all that's, they like. That, that's the thing. I think that's why we, we don't let the competition deter us at all. We literally just concentrate on what we do. We just don't, we don't even think about it. They're there. They do what they do. We do what we do. And I think that we just, uh, there's just, a, there's just no point. of it, do you reckon? Yeah, that I mean, listen, we're necessary. always, we're always I'm working hard. Yeah, I'm not talking about the, the other alternative water brands out there. Now. I think people, I think people um, get too caught up in it. And we, you can say about, do we th thrive? I don't think people understand how hard we work mm -hmm. as, as individuals. I don't think they understand that we, we, we literally like, we well, don't really sleep. Our lives we, we, this is our life and yep. we're not going to stop until um, we've got the best. And it's, it's also, you know, not just us anymore. We've got mm. a team around <laughs> us who are equally as, as, as you know, empowered and believe in the product that yep. we have. Um, and it's not even so people within our team. It's actually, we've no, actually but got, it's, it's, we've got people, you know, we've brand got champions out there. People, people got, yeah. who will talk to their friends. I think, you know, you could get, <laughs> you could get hung up on competition and you could also get hung up on success. Yeah. And the fact that, all right, maybe we don't enjoy success as much as we should, I think keeps us motivated to keep driving forward. Yeah. We're not finished yet. We're mm. nowhere near finished and we want to do more and we want to build more. Um, if you sit back every day for three hours and think, wow, look at what we've done, you're going to let competition get closer and closer yeah. to you. Um, so for us, it's kind of like laser focus and, and get on yeah. with it. So in terms of, like you just said, you don't really sleep. How do you maintain some kind of balance? And by balance, I don't mean work-life balance. I mean mentally. How do you keep yourself for afloat me, so you can work at your best? For me, capacity? it's like purely... Um, like friends, my girlfriend, music and gym. That is literally for me, I have to get a little, like, little bits of those things in my life, otherwise I just go mad because I'm constantly 24 hours a day thinking about cannabis. What are those things for you? Are they anchors that allow you to kind of step outside of the day to day? I could have the worst day ever and we've had this, we've had hundreds of days where we just think that our business is just gonna either fold or something hasn't happened as an example mm -hmm. and we thought it was going to happen and we got so excited about it, it hasn't happened or we've lost something and I, it, it, it's, it's, it's actually depressing to sit in that by yourself you need something even to go out with these two which probably isn't really a great option because we're probably all feeling like that <laughs> we're all feeling shit but for me it's like yeah either going to the gym or listening to music or being with certain people is key for me i think that's it's probably very different if you ask different people that for me it's feeling <clears throat> feeling pride in work that i put out so if i do something and it it could even be irrelevant it could be the most insignificant piece of work design whatever it is if i just feel like i'm proud of it that for me is very satisfying that that just kind of heals the soul yeah so is that, i guess is that's almost like the 
but obviously I'm coming, like, I'm coming from a different, that the creative place. in yeah. you yeah. who <laughs> like seeks and likes the validation from the work that you're putting out because it's almost a bit of you going yeah, out there into the world yeah I guess and, and again I mean just as an in, as different individuals probably everyone finds you know different balance yeah. and different things so for me yeah for me it's just feeling content with the work I'm doing and that just kind of yeah, feels therapeutic. Yeah, because that—that's not. That's when I actually feel satisfied. Not like seeing the can out there or product or whatever mm -hmm. people doing. Like obviously that's great, but for me it's when it comes from within. When I do something, I'm like, oh, that—that that just looks right, feels right. That's like a good feeling. Nice. You got anything? <laughs> I think exercise really is is important. You know, if there's days where I don't exercise, I I feel more stressed. I think it's it it really. Because, like Josh said, you know, we think about this business twenty four seven. Mm -hmm. uh, before the f the last thought before I go to bed, and the first thought when I wake up is is can of water <laughs> and mm -hmm. some part of it. So I think being able to take time out, um, you know, exercising really is is that that break <coughs> where you're focused on hitting your personal goals as opposed to yeah. thinking about the business. And I guess it's kind of you all described it initially as a roller coaster, and that's meant like mentally and physically more so mentally. <laughs> How would you describe your competency with dealing with that roller coaster from an emotional point of view now compared to when you really first started? A lot more resilient. Yeah. A lot more resilient. You kind of gain perspective as well because as time goes by and you go through adversity, then other adversities become less significant. Just I get guess. Used yeah, to it. it's like if you yeah. go through a ton of shit, then you know a little bit of shit later on is like well. I've dealt with that I'm, I'm yeah. have to get through that you yeah, become, you become stronger resilient. yeah well it's experience you know we've we've had almighty fuck-ups yeah. you know, that have been beyond our control yeah and we've weathered those storms you know and that's like another notch on your belt yeah. I've been able to deal with that um, things that you think will be the end of your business or will make your business if they don't happen or they do happen usually you know, it isn't the end of your business and it yeah. isn't the creation of your business. But there are certain so things I think you keeping that equilibrium as well is quite important to firstly not get overwhelmed and excited by the big things because sometimes they yeah. don't happen and not get too hung up on some of the things that, you know, drag you down because it won't be the be all and end all, even though you think in that moment it will be. So based on that, what advice would you give to not even a young entrepreneur, just someone who wanted to create a business that solved, simultaneously solves some kind of societal or environmental issue. Just, what advice just, do you give? Just do it. Mine, just go, mine, and, just mine, go and do it. Do you know mine would be actually, because this is something that I've taken um, when I reflect, is actually perseverance. And I think that's something we've done because, uh, you know, what's the statistic? Something like, you know, a lot of businesses fail after two years well, or three I or think, whatever. I think 90% yeah. of food and, and beverage. And you know what? You hear, so you, you hear this statistic all the time like I'm sure a lot of people growing up probably doing their 20s or whatever um, but when you actually do it you realize wow this is fucking real yeah first two years like <laughs> but yeah persevering is like I think that is a massive factor into getting us to that point where we are now where we've just persevered because like Ariel said I don't think we had even close amount of time to go into all of it but yeah we've been through yeah, some tough situations, like for, really tough ones. But you've so. come out better for it, though. Yeah, yeah. like both the business I mean, and being you guys, like mentally, being you've able come to away persevere from. through it, not being like, you know what, just pack it up. And yeah. Yeah. For me, it's also asking for advice. Yeah, not being you afraid know, to ask for advice. There, yeah. There's been 
a, a handful, if not more people that have contributed to our success up until this point, that if we wouldn't have met them, spoken to them, asked them for help, um, or just advice or something even minuscule, we may not be in the same position that we're in. So it's, you know, don't be scared to ask people for help. It's, you, you're not on the back foot um, and you're going to learn a lot more from it. Nice. What is your plan in expanding internationally? So we're, we're in China. We sell in China. China. We're selling, we're selling we're in over. China, Singapore, Thailand. Um, Netherlands. Netherlands, Germany, Austria. But again, these are in relatively small capacities mm -hmm. compared to what we're doing in the UK. We didn't want to spread ourselves too thin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we wanted to build the model, show that it works, show that we could build sentiment for the product, and also create a business. Yep. And then roll that out in different territories. So, what does that um, look? So, what does that look like? That looks like, in the next few months, really, we're going to start taking that quite seriously. We get um, like, we get inquiries from of emails around the world, and 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 a lot of them we can't service because we are a small team but we are working like we work we work on them obviously and we and we get back to all of them and we sort of look at how we can can actually work with these people yeah. but that that's a hard part of business because obviously scale when you're building the UK business is 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 quite difficult yeah a hard part is turning down business when you know you might see pound signs but actually some of these transactions might not be the right ones to do. Especially and we've also, we've also been very careful to work with people who are aligned with us, yep. um, you know, who, who are motivated by the same things. We qualify them quite well. Um, so yeah, no, internationally for us is a huge opportunity and something that very soon we'll be, we'll uh, definitely do. We'll be taking uh, more action on. Nice, all right. So we always end in these three closing questions. Power questions, three power questions, yeah? I always forget that. So, ask a question. The whole point is, don't really dwell on it. Straight from the gut. It doesn't really, it doesn't really. Um, you can't really do that when it's free, because whoever's last has more time to think about it. Yeah. Fuck, it's fine. Well, we can, we'll, look, we'll start with you. We'll start with you. Just ask collectively, maybe. We'll start. All right. Let's start with Perry. Okay. For the first one. Oh, I've got it. I've got it hard. <laughs> <laughs> if you could give your twenty-year-old self a single piece of advice, what would it be? Um, don't dwell as in just just get on with whatever is what if you've got an idea just get on with it don't sit on it too long yeah just just kind of do things sooner than rather than later cool um for me it's everything's going to be all right you're going to be fine it's going to be all good um mine is uh kind of don't dwell but don't really dwell on the opinion of other people yeah Mm. Believe in yourself and just go for it. Nice. Um, you first. What do you want your hypothetical great-grandchildren to remember you for? Solving a global issue. Or being part of a team that solved a global issue. I guess it's the same. <laughs> yeah, it's the same, <laughs> but it's uh, being the first, do you know what I mean? The first to do something that's... Uh, and being, being innovative and sort of doing something that people thought wouldn't work and yeah. you just went with your gut and did it? <clears throat> um, I guess I just like to be able to take pride in what I do, so just recognition for any, anything that I've done. Nice. Kids, grandkids, anyone, just yeah, any recognition's nice. Nice. Okay, final question. 
the world needs more cans. cans. Can of water. <laughs> can of water. <laughs> water and cans. <laughs> All right, on that note. Nice. Thank Cheers. you, boys. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Saturday night, Thank quite you. late. Thank you for giving up your time and all being here. Thank you for having us. Cheers, Toby. Brother. Thank you. Go and eat now. Thank you, everyone. For Thank you so much for watching and being part of the P-Squared community. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe for more of the same content. Through the journeys, insights, ideas, and stories of our guests, we hope to propel you forward to execute on your goals and help you achieve a bright shift in this world. Till next time.